0: Well, praise the Lord. We just had. Are we ready, ladies? Are we good? Are we on the flow? Okay. Well, praise the Lord. We had. There we go. What do you Uh, know? Praise the Lord. We had a wonderful time in prayer. We accomplished much in prayer. Um, If you guys, if you, if you. Oh, yes. I want to pray for two people I had not prayed for. We, We didn't get listed in prayer real quick. So Let's pray for them. Father, I thank you that you brought Miss Cindy to my mind. Father, I thank you that you have given her her heart's desire this week uh, when we prayed with Brother Randy. Father, I thank you that you that you are creating a creative miracle in her knees, Father God. Father, I thank you, oh, Father God, that she'll soon run as the deer and jump like the antelope. Father, I thank you that she's healed. I thank you that she's whole. And Father, we lift up her daughter to you tonight, Father God. Father, we know that she's in a, that there's a spiritual battle going on. And so Father, we just decree, we just break, we take authority over those spirits that have attached or are attempting to attach themselves to Cindy's daughter in Jesus mighty name. We command those spirits to be released. We command those spirits to release her and let her go in Jesus mighty name father we ask that you cause her to that you cause her daughter to come to know you in a whole new way father speak directly to her heart if that's what it's required and father we thank you that we have the victory in Jesus mighty name amen and amen I forgot to add them to the list when we were praying today and I didn't want to miss praying for them And uh, so we'll make sure that they're on the list list. Well, of course, Miss Cindy, we pray for her frequently. We know that God's working the healing in her body. Uh, But this is prayer and healing school. Uh, We're focusing right now on on all the different healings that take place in the Bible. We've made it through Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. We started last week in the book of Acts. Um, In the book of Acts, we pointed out uh, that Jesus did many signs, wonders, and miracles for the 40 days after his crucifixion and resurrection. Now, how much do you know signs, wonders, and miracles include healings. That includes healing. So, though it doesn't specifically say healing, we included that out of Acts chapter 1, uh, verse um, 2 and 3. Um, we included that in our list of healings because how much do you know that healings are part of that? We also included in our healings, we included um, on the day of Pentecost when Peter got up and he preached and 3,000 were added to the church that day. How much do you know that uh, when, this power of, when the Holy Spirit was poured out, that all nine gifts of the spirit were in operation Absolutely. that there were healings there were there were miraculous healings taking place um, even though the Bible doesn't specifically say healings um, because you're not going to have that type of move of God and people not get healed and restored and then we also looked at Acts chapter three verse one through sixteen. we looked at the man at gate beautiful and how he expected to receive from Peter and John. And Peter and John didn't look to their money to have something to give. They looked to what they had been given freely, and that was the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, So we looked at that huge testimony. Uh, Today we're going to look at Acts chapter 5. We're going to jump right to Acts chapter 5. And we're going to pick up, let's pick up here in, oh, well, <laughs> let me give you a little bit of backstory here. Ananias and Sapphira, most people when they think of Acts chapter 5, they think of Ananias and Sapphira. Um, and what had happened was the power of God was moving through this region, uh, through the region very swiftly. Uh, there was a lot of signs, wonders, and miracles taking place. A lot of people were being were receiving Jesus and being born again. This was during the period of the time of the birth of the New Testament Church, um, and th- they all were very enthusiastic about the things of Jesus. They were all very enthusiastic about spreading the gospel, and many people were selling. Um, the excess of what they had, and they were giving the excess to the church so that the church could get the gospel out is what they were doing. Well, how much do you know the devil likes to get in the midst of what God's doing? And so Ananias and Sapphira, they got in on the, on the on what other people were doing. I think it was kind of a case of the Joneses Syndrome. This family over here had X property, and they sold it, and they gave X amount to the church. And well, we want to look just as um, good as they do. You what?
1: Just as good as they do. Yeah, we
0: want to look just as good and mighty, and you know, and oh, sewing in just as much. And they ended up selling the property. What it looks like? uh, They 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 promised. Yeah, we're going to give it all. And then they and then it turns out that they got a big amount of money, and apparently they didn't give. What they had said they were going to give, why? Because Satan got in there and got them under, uh, got them into some greed, and and uh, so Ananias got called into, um, into where the disciples were, where the apostles were, and he was questioned. Uh, did you not uh, sell your property for the? Did you did you sell your property for this much? And uh, he said, basically, he said, well, we sold it for this much and we gave that much, uh, but the Holy Spirit knew that Ananias had lied. And so the problem wasn't that they held back money, the problem was that they lied. They could have very much, so Ananias and Sapphira could have gone in and said, well, you know, when we said we were giving to give it all, we thought we were going to get... Uh, 50,000 but we got 75,000 and so we're going to give you the 50 because that's what we were planning and we're going to keep the 25 um, Just because well we we just Decided that's what we were going to do And you know what Ananias and Sapphira would have lived But they didn't do that they said oh no we gave the whole amount well and Ananias dropped dead And the ushers Aren't you glad you're an usher and the ushers uh had to had to pick him up and take him outside and bury him and uh well they had been gone for a couple hours they've been gone for a little while you know they were in the desert they had to dig up all that hard rock and stone and get him in the ground and well meanwhile they're still having church service they had an usher team back in that day they had a big old usher team because they had people on the burial service and then they had people in the service service because it was a couple hours later, Sapphira, the wife, came in, and uh, she got questioned the same, and she told the same why, and she fell dead. About the time that the usher, about the time that the ushers that had just buried Ananias comes in, they come in, and he and, and Peter said, uh, "That's the, those are the ushers that just buried your husband," and then she gave up the ghost and she fell. How much do you know? That'll get the church's attention. That'll get the church's attention when they come into the church. And uh, they start falling over for lying. That'll get their attention. Well, that's what had happened. Um, and so, all of the sudden, the people reverenced and respected the power of God in the church. That's what happened. So, let's pick up here and uh, verse 9, and we'll pick up right here where he's finishing up talking to, uh, to Sapphira, and uh, she's about to give up the ghost here. <coughs>
1: Then Peter said unto her, How is it that ye have agreed together to tempt the Spirit of the Lord? Behold, the feet of them which have buried thy husband are at the door, and shall carry thee out. Then she fell down straightway at his feet, and yielded up the ghost. And the young man came in, and found her dead, and carrying her forth, buried her by her husband.
0: See, there was so much... See, when you get into, and this is what we've been talking to our congregation about, there's a move of God that's coming. We're right on the cusp of it. I mean, we're right at it. Um, In fact, uh, really the power of God is already present. We've got to get in a position where we're in, in position to be carriers of that power so that we don't fall over dead, which is why we've got to live very, very clean. Bible is very clear that sin is what brings in death and it, and the number one avenue that sin brings death is through sickness and disease. so if we're going over if we're gonna, if we're going to break the power of sickness and disease then that means that sin has got to get removed out of the way and so in this day they were living very clean the power of God was flowing very well and uh, there was a pro- there's a promise of God, that the latter move of God, the uh, the move that's going to occur at the end of the church age is going to be greater than the move that was at the beginning of the church age. So our ushers better uh, brush up on their burying skills. I didn't get a whole lot of laugh out of that one. I hope you okay. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> Just a smile. Yeah, They're thinking... They're thinking I don't want to have that issue.
1: Give me need be- well, there's a rental place right across huh? the street.
0: <laughs> yes. We I I don't know in that situation. That's an excellent question. He said did Ananias and Sapphira also spiritually die in that moment because they lied. I don't believe so because they didn't deny Christ. They just didn't they just weren't fully true. With God, so I don't believe so in this situation. They just gave up the ghost. In other words, they gave a, basically their spirit left their physical body. There's a place in the presence and the anointing of God that that the power that no sin can withstand that can stand in the power of the anointing of God. This is why um, we see this all through the book of Acts. We see that. Um, and we saw this with Jesus, remember Jesus was so anointed that he would come into an area and the demons would acknowledge him. Remember that the demons would acknowledge him, and they would say, "Oh Son of God, are you here to uh to torture us or to tempt us or to bind us or put us into prison before our time? See, there's a place in the uh, the the spirit recognized the power of God immediately. And there's, this is why there's no sin in heaven is because sin can't stand in heaven. And so this was, so what they had going on in the church at this day is they had, um, they had such a strong anointing and a strong presence of God that, that not even a lie could stand in God's presence, not even a lie. Um, talk about having to live clean. Talk about having to live pure. Talk about having to guard your mouth. Talk about having to not, listen, it matters. You want to walk in the power and authority of God, you better get your mouth clean. Did you hear me? If you want to walk in the power and authority of God, you better check your check the words of your mouth. You better check them. Uh, because um, even, a, even a small lie like this costs them their life. But we want to talk about healing. So let's read on just a little bit more.
1: All right, verse 11. And great fear came upon all the church, and upon as many as heard these things.
0: How much do you know, when you've got that type of power happening in the church, people get afraid. When you've got that type of power that, well, you know, this couple over here, they went into the church, they told a little lie, and they fell over dead. The ushers had to carry them out and bury them. How much do you know your church now has a reputation? Your church now has a reputation. I'm saying <laughs> this was the first. <laughs> this was the first church cemetery. You want to know how You know, I, I used to think that. I used to drive along and I thought, well, that's weird that churches would have cemeteries next to them. Wonder where they got the idea. Ananias and and that's where they got the idea. And I, I told the Lord, I said, well, Lord, I don't know that I want a cemetery at my church. But, you know, but I do want the power of God, so anyways, let's read on.
1: And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch.
0: Notice what it said. By the what? The hands. By the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders Wrought. wrought among the people. Why does it say the hands? because the apostles, the prophets the the ministers in the churches were laying hands on people that needed divine healings and divine healings were taking place. they were they, they were taking the place very quickly and so if this is how the book of Acts starts, imagine how the church age is going to end. and notice this. Here's another thing I need you to notice. It says, um, and they were all with one accord in Solomon's porch. Another words, you know, earlier the, the man at Cape Beautiful, he was running around on Solomon's porch towards the end, and there was a whole lot of fussing and a lot of did this really happen. And it, uh, But now all of the apostles are at Solomon's porch, and they're all praying in one accord. In other words, they all got an agreement together with God. When you get in an agreement with God, when you get in a place where everybody's in agreement with God, then God can do some things. This is why strife in the church is so dangerous. This is why strife in the church is such a problem. This is why the devil likes to get into a church and stir up strife because if he can stir up strife... He can block the power of God from flowing. So we've got to, now listen, you don't have to like everybody in the church, but you all need to get along and decide, well, we're family, so we might as well get along. You know, um, my family, uh, on both my mom's side and my dad's side, get along fantastically until. Until. Until they've been around each other a little too long. Until somebody talks on, starts on a subject that they shouldn't start on or something like that. And uh, how much do you know what starts off as a wonderful family event turns into a family nightmare? How much more is that so in the church of God, in the house of God? So we've got to keep strife out. How are we going to get the power to flow? We've got to come in agreement one with another. What is, What can we agree on? We can agree on Jesus is Lord. What can we agree on? We can all agree agree that heaven's going to be wonderful. We can all agree uh, that it's the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. We can all agree in the nine gifts of the Holy Ghost. Why? It's in the Scriptures. We can all agree in the three baptisms. When we get into agreement, God can begin to do something. Let's keep reading.
1: All right. And of the rest, (coughs) of the rest, durst no man... Joined himself to them, so that word "durst" that's a, that you could say dared. So of the rest, dared no man join himself to them, but the people magnified them, and the believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes, both of men and women, insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them in be- on beds and couches, that at the least the shadow of Peter passing by might overshadow some of them.
0: Now this cracks me up. This is funny. Notice he said, this is this really cra- I'm I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said this cracks me up, but it does it, it strikes me as very funny. So he tells them, he says the apostles were all there. They're all they're all in one accord. The power of God is flowing. It's amazing. But nobody dared to join them. Why? They just saw what happened in Ananias and Sapphira.
1: Right for lying.
0: For lying. <laughs> They're thinking man, All they did was sell so a little lie, they dropped dead. I don't know if I qualify. They was they was cautious. They were cautious, but they recognized. They recognized that there was power going on, and that's why they. How much do you know? I've met people like this. Well, they won't come to our church, but they'll call our church for prayer. They won't come sit in the, They won't come and sit and learn and grow and become part of the family. But when but when their life blows up, who's the first phone call they make? They call us, right? Why? Because we get results. And so so even though they don't want to be any part of us because they're a little scared because they're like mm, we don't live like they live and if you don't live the way they live, they die. Uh, but at the same time. Those people get results. Those people get results. Those people know God. So they were. So, so the people were like, "Well, I don't want to be part of them. I don't want to join them. I don't want to fix my life, but I want the benefits of their life." Think about that, because it says, "And believers were added." So, so there were some. There were some by signs and wonders and what have you that became that 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 came to know the Lord.
1: Not. Of sum, but multitudes, multitudes both hundreds men and, thousands, and women,
0: men and women were coming to know the Lord. Um, but maybe they weren't, maybe they were kind of slow to clean up their life. But it says in so much that they brought the sick in the streets and laid them on beds. How much do you know this is a problem <laughs> for Jerusalem? This is a problem hmm. for Rome. Why? Because people are being born again and people are seeing people miraculously healed and they're saying, you're sick. I can get you to let me take you to somebody that can heal you. Why? Because modern medicine couldn't heal them, and they're laying them in beds on the streets and and on couches. I mean, come on, not like now. Listen, they're not pulling out the sectional. That's not what they're doing. When they're talking about couches, they're talking about a uh, makeshift kind of thing that has some pillows to kind of dis- to kind of comfort those are, that are sick. That's what they're talking about when they say couches. Um, that at the least, the shadow of peter, the shadow, can you imagine being out and walking and your shadow overshadowing somebody and they becoming and they come become instantly healed? isn't that amazing? but notice they said if Peter's shadow just passes by that it might overshadow some of them. Now these people were not, they were like, I don't know how this works, I don't get this. They were a little scared, but they thought, well, if Peter's shadow will just overshadow them, then, then they'd be healed. Man, can you talk about the power that Peter is walking in? Let's keep reading.
1: All right. Uh, verse 16. There, also, there came also a multitude out of the cities around about into, into Jerusalem bringing sick folks and them which were vexed with unclean spirits. And they were healed, every one.
0: Every one of them. Every one of them. Every one of them. Every person that they said, just let a shadow touch them. Every one of them. The multitude of the cities around, the sick folks, they brought sick folks. They brought people that were vexed with unclean spirits. Let me talk to you about what unclean spirits are. Unclean spirits can can include just an unkept. It's, it's a spirit that causes people to not bathe, not care for themselves, not take care of themselves. That is included, um, but primarily when you're talking an unclean spirit, it's a spirit that causes people uh, to have all kinds of unclean thoughts, unclean behaviors. Uh, these are people that are consumed with very dark thoughts, very dark attitudes. These are people that are consumed with um, very not okay behaviors.
1: Well, it's demon oppression.
0: Yes, it's it's demon. It, well, it, it can get there can be because Jesus in another scenario it said that there was a man oh, that there was a man possessed with an unclean spirit. Uh, so these spirits can't even possess, not just oppress. Or obsess a person, but unclean, what it's talking about is it's talking about they think about murder, they think about sexual immorality, they think about um all kinds of just very dirty, disgusting things they think about uh they they even act on doing unclean things. these are people that um demons the demon might cause them to defecate right in front of you uh to to uh be naked right and, and just be naked in the streets and things like that it's anything that's unmannerly is i guess you could say these demons would cause these people to be unmannerly unclean but notice that that Peter cuz this is the focus here that they said Peter's shadow So here's one way that you can, now here we're looking at healing. You can come in contact with somebody uh, that is greatly anointed for healing. is one way to receive healing. Uh, But, well, what if there's nobody greatly anointed around me? Well, just get in the presence of God. If you'll get in the presence of God if you'll get in the presence of God, if you've got sin in your life, if you'll begin to get that sin out of your life, if you'll begin to exercise authority over that sin and begin to get that sin out of your life, if you'll begin to spend time studying the Word, if you'll begin to spend time praying, uh, and and especially if if you get get baptized, get born again, get baptized in the Holy Ghost, get your prayer language, begin to pray much in the Holy Ghost, get in the anointing of God and healing will come. It, what, there was nothing special about Peter. what what was special about Peter's shadow, what was special about Peter is Peter knew Jesus personally. He knew he knew Jesus personally while he was on the earth. And I guarantee you, well, we saw it in Acts chapter 2. How much you know? Peter was the first one that got up and preached under the unction of the Holy Ghost. Peter, I guarantee you, Peter had just as, had just as much of a relationship with the Holy Ghost as he did with the, Father, with the Lord Jesus. Why? Because the Holy Ghost and Jesus are one. And so Peter said, oh. Huh. When he came in contact with the Holy Ghost, he said, oh. Huh. This is how I get to keep Jesus with me all the time. Yes, Lord, let's go. And he maintained that fellowship. I think about John G. Lakes with the black plague or the bubonic plague. You know, he was alive in the day when the bubonic plague was such a it was just horrendous. It was awful. Um, and he stayed in this. He was in an island area where the plague was so bad, people were just dying. And with the bubonic plague, when people died, there was this foam that would come out of the mouth, and that was, and the virus was alive in that foam. And uh, and he was taking care of the dead, and he was getting people saved, he was getting people healed, and what have you. And uh, they sent in the government, sent in people with all these suits on, and told John G. Lake, "You're going to die," and everything. And John G. Lake told him this. He said, "I have the blood." He said, "I have the blood of Jesus in me." And no sickness can can live, that comes in contact with me can live. And they said, oh, you're crazy, blah, 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 blah. So he went back and forth for them a little while. And then he told them, he said, you see that foam in the, uh, coming out of those people's mouths? And they said, yeah. He said, that's the virus. He said, if you take that virus and you put it under your microscope, you'll be able to see the virus alive and what have you. And and they said, yes, we understand that. He said, if you take that same foam and you put it on my skin and you watch it, you'll literally watch the virus die. Why? Because he had a revelation that when you're in the presence of God, when you're under the blood and the anointing of God, that no sickness can come in contact with your physical body and live. So it wasn't Paul's shadow that they were coming in contact with. What they were coming in contact with was, I mean, Peter's, not Paul's. They, what they were coming in contact with was Peter's revelation of who Jesus was. That's what they were coming in contact When these people with these unclean spirits came to him, he said, get out in Jesus' name, and those unclean spirits left because they knew that Peter knew his authority. And so when you know your authority, uh, you can cause all sickness to go. I'll tell on us this week. So we left town, and uh, Michael had mentioned he was getting a little bit of a sore throat, and I said, oh, you probably need to go to the doctor. I didn't say, well, let's pray and rebuke it immediately, because my mind was on other things. He didn't say, hey, turn on the healing scriptures. We We just went about life the way we were raised to do life. And he said, I'll be okay in a day or two. Well, Tuesday, come along. And he was like, yeah, by Tuesday afternoon, he said, man, I've got a sore throat, bad. And I said, well, you better get to the doctor. So I called him Wednesday morning, and he sounded a little scratchy, not bad at all. And I said, hey, did you call the doctor? He said, I'm standing outside his office. I'm fixing to go in. I said, okay. So So he goes in, and the doc says, I think you have the beginning of strep. Here's some antibiotics. Okay. So I checked on Michael a little bit later. And uh, he sounded a little worse, and you know, because we don't want to make any sti- anybody sick, and we're good stewards, and all of this, you know, he and I talked about it, and, and I and me being the pa- being wife, I was thinking with my wife hat, I said, "Honey, why don't you just cancel service for tonight, get some rest, let the antibiotics work." Uh, he looked to see how long he was contagious for. He said, "Yeah, I think I'm going to do that." He canceled service. I called him a couple hours later to check on him and he sounded so bad and so pitiful. I haven't heard him that sick in it's been a while. <laughs> since before we got right with Jesus. He had been he was sick 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 and he said Hun, he said honey, I can't even open. I said, "Are you taking your Tylenol? Are You doing this? You did? he said, "Honey," he said, "I can't even He said it's everything I can do just to walk the dogs outside, and I said, "Oh my goodness!" And I said, "Okay, well, you know, take your medicine, get better, what have you? Just do this and that." And uh, later that night, middle of night, the Lord woke me up, and I said, "Yeah, Lord, what is it?" He said, "You want?" He said, "You you know you did that to your husband, right?" And I said, "What?" Not saying that God, God wasn't blaming me; God was helping me. He said, "I said, wait, what?" He said, "Did you notice how?" Quickly, Michael got sick when you backed off of what I commissioned y'all to do. And I said, oh, Lord, I'm so sorry. Why? Because when he backed off of what God commissioned us to do because of sickness, it was like an invitation to say, okay, sickness, come on, take me down. And I said, oh, God, forgive us. Oh, God, forgive us and i and i told him when i got home i said honey it's my fault you got so sick i said it's completely my fault when you you got so sick and he said why honey he said it is a-. and i said i missed it i said i i responded to you as wife i did not respond to you as minister and i said and i basically just i basically just said well honey just lay down and get sick what we should have done, what would have been right for us to do, and what will happen if ever in the future again, which we're not going to have this problem again, uh, but what we should, what he should have done, what I should have told him to do, is, honey, go do church online and text everybody that church will be online because you don't want to make anybody sick. I said, that's, I said that's what I should have done. I said that's why you got so sick so quickly, and it's not that God made him sick. Is that we lay? Is that we open the door and lay down to the sickness? Now, but he already had strep. But God would have recovered him quickly because of it. So we have to understand. We have to understand where sickness comes from. We have to understand that sickness comes from Satan. You can be right in the middle of God's perfect will, and He'll bring you a package of sickness. I mean, he's here getting ready for camp. I'm there serving Brother Randy. We're taking care of the church. We're doing everything right. Package of sickness. Why? To try to prevent us from doing what God called us to do. And it did work for one service. It will never work again in Jesus' name. Glory to God. So we have to know and understand where sickness comes from. We have to know and understand our authority. We have to understand our dominion. We have to understand our power. And we have to understand the one uh, who is our great physician, the Lord Jesus. And we have to know and understand that he's going to take care of us in the middle of the storm if we put our eyes on him. Now let's jump to chapter 8 and look at another healing that takes place in uh, the book of Acts. So we're going to jump to eight, chapter 8. And let's pick up eight, verse eight. <laughs> uh let's pick up in verse four or five. Okay. Get a little bit of background, just a <coughs> little bit.
1: Therefore they they that were scattered abroad went very went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did.
0: Notice again, the people were with what? One accord. They were all in agreement, and they saw and heard the miracles which Philip did. Keep going.
1: For unclean spirits crying out with loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies. that were lame were healed, and there was great joy in that city.
0: So notice it said. Notice again, for unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed. So here, these unclean spirits are possessing people. So these were people that were again developed into all types of um, probably drugs, into sexual stuff, into very dirty living. Um, they, their dirty living probably caused them to have sicknesses. It says that many were taken with palsies. Uh, these are types of uh, paralytic conditions, paralytic conditions um, and that were lame were healed. So there were many, many, many that came to fill up and that were healed. And, and again, is there any case here where any of them were denied healing? Not a single one, not a single one. Why? Because Philip under because they came with an expectation to receive uh, because it says that they were seeing and they were hearing, how much do you know that's building their faith, yep. seeing and hearing, they're building their faith, they're seeing they're hearing their miracles, and therefore, how much do you know every time every time they saw Philip, Cast a demon out of somebody. If they knew that they had a demon, how much did you know that put that built up their faith that they too could be set free. They too could be set free uh, when they saw somebody that had the palsies that were were paralytic in some form or fashion, and they saw them be able to move and to to uh, function like they needed to. How much did you know that put faith in the next person to be prayed for. To be prayed for, but notice that Paul, that that Philip was backed up by people that were in one accord,
1: and and notice that that out of the accounts we've read, nobody, nobody gets turned down, right? They that every account that that is spread abroad, every account that they hear of, everybody that comes seeking healing gets it. It's not like oh, well, so and so didn't get healed because it wasn't God's will that day for him to get healed no No, they all got healed and they were all every time and they were hearing this every time so the faith and the expectation coming out was that if we go we'll be healed
0: yeah and here's the deal the the, the city that you're in doesn't matter because they were peter was in jerusalem here he's in samaria it doesn't matter the city doesn't matter what matters is that you come in contact with the living god That's what matters. Let's look over here at uh, chapter 9. Let's look at chapter 9. Here, this is where Saul meets Jesus on the road to Damascus is a bunch of this uh, chapter. But if we're not careful, we're going to miss some healings in this chapter. Let's look. Let's pick up here in verse... uh,
1: up in verse 31. All right. Then then had the churches uh, rest throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria and were edified and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Ghost were multiplied. And it came to pass as Peter passed throughout all quarters, he came down also to the saints which dwelt at Lydda. And there he found a certain man named Enos, which had kept his bed eight years and was sick of the palsy. And Peter said unto him, Enos, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole. Arise and make thy bed. And he arose immediately. And all that dwelt in Lydda and Sauron saw him and turned to the Lord.
0: Now notice Enos. It doesn't tell us what Enos did. It didn't tell us his part. It didn't tell us if he looked upon Peter with some form of expectancy. It doesn't tell us anything about uh, Enos asked to be healed. It doesn't say that he asked him to lay hands on or anything. So, you know, we don't have a full uh, picture here necessarily. Um, But it says that it was this simple. And there he found a certain man. Notice it says, there he found. It sounds like Peter was looking for this man, doesn't it? Doesn't it sound like Peter was looking for him? Because it doesn't say that he was walking along and happened to come along a man. It says that he found the man. Uh, How much, you you know, the Lord will lead. If So more than likely, Enos was praying to the Lord, Lord, Send somebody to me yep. that can pray for me or help me or heal me or something. And Peter, being led by the Holy Ghost, found him. Yep. Found him. There's many accounts. I can think of many, 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 many accounts where we've uh, where I know of people that have gone on missions trips. I can think of one. Jeremiah. He went on a mission trip and. He's going through these towns, and they want him to knock on doors, and so he starts knocking on these doors. And this one woman answers this door. She had this massive—I think she had a tumor or a growth. It it seems like, and and he said, he said when I saw her face, he said I knew I had. He said I knew this woman. He said I'd never been to this area of the world. Anything he said, but there was a knowing in my spirit. I knew this woman. And when he saw this woman, this woman, and when this woman made eye contact with Jeremiah, she began to weep and cry. And he's thinking, why do I feel like I know you, and why are you weeping and crying hysterically? And, you know, he's on a mission trip in a foreign country. He's never done anything like this before. And he's thinking, oh, gosh, what's happening here? Oh, my goodness, what's going on? And she begin- and, and so he tries to console the woman, and he consoles the woman, and he calms her down. And she looks at him and she says, "You're the one I've been waiting for." And he's like, "Excuse me?" She said, "The Lord showed me in a dream." She said, "I've seen you in my dreams, and the Lord told me that 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 she he, the Lord showed me your showed me you and said that when you came, that the Lord would heal me." She was prepared ahead of time. Why? Because she had been seeking the Lord, and the Lord ordered Jeremiah's steps. We know many, many testimonies like this. The woman in Kentucky, I went to see her. I'd never seen her, and I began, and I told her, I said, I believe the Lord sent me here to pray for you. And she said, I know the Lord sent you here because the Lord told me you were coming in a dream. Uh, well, I'm glad that the Lord knew, and you knew, because I didn't know. Um, so the Lord can send you, you know, if you need a... if. Sometimes people need a touch. sometimes I'm a very tangible person. um the Lord's really helped me, and the Lord's been very gracious with me through the years uh, because I'm a very though i'm though I'm very good on faith, I'm also a very tangible person. My husband will tell you I despise shopping online. I hate it because I'm a touchy. I want to touch the product. I want to. I want to see what it feels like. I want to, you know, m- see what it looks like. Um, I. I have. If we're gonna order something online, um, I'll just tell my husband this is what I want. Now you go do it because he'll get me to look online and I get so stressed out. I'm like I can't handle it. Are the pictures real? Is it what? How big? I just. I struggle with that. And so for years I would tell the Lord, Lord, I'm a very tangible person. I need I need tangible that I can li- like contact points that I can reach out to and say that's my moment, that's my thing. And so very great. So I would be talking to the Lord about healing or about a need or about something that I needed and then um but then I tell the Lord, I said, Lord, I think this is what I hear. I think this is what I I feel like this is what I'm picking up in my spirit. But I just don't know. I need a tangible confirmation. And I know we're not supposed to pray for talismans. They did that in the Old Testament. We don't live by that in the New Testament. But I'm just a tangible person. And then there'd be a, we'd be in a service, and there'd be a prayer line, and I'd go up for the prayer. And, and, you know, and nobody would know what I was believing for or standing for or anything. But the person that was praying would just begin to speak out what the Lord had spoken to me in private. How much you know that gave me a tangible contact point to say, oh, my gosh, the Lord does hear me. The Lord does hear me. And so if you need healing and you're that type of tangible person, then I encourage you to get in the house of God where God can use somebody to confirm that you are hearing from God and God is hearing you and get that tangible touch because apparently that's what Enos needed. Because it says that Peter found him. It says that Peter found him. Uh, In verse 33, which had kept his bed for eight years, so obviously Enos had not been born with the palsy. This came to him later in life, um, and he was sick with it. And Peter said unto him, Enos, Jesus Christ maketh thee whole, arise. I I imagine that God had probably already dropped it in Enos' heart. Enos, I've already healed you. Enos, I've already delivered you. Enos, by his stripes, you were healed. And if you were healed, you are healed. Enos, you know, and I have a feeling that Enos just needed that tangible confirmation. Because all Peter said was, Jesus Christ has made you whole, now get up and respond is essentially what he said. Yep. Get up and respond. So, you know, if you're that type of tangible person, it's okay, God's going to respond to you. But get yourself where God needs you to be so that you can get that tangible touch. Come on now. Let's keep reading. There's another healing as we go down through here. All right.
1: Verse 35, And all that dwelt at Lydda and Saron saw him and turned to the Lord. Now, there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it
0: Now, I want you to notice it says that she was a disciple. She was already a follower of Jesus, which means she was already living a clean life. She was already living a clean life. And notice it says that she was a woman, she was, uh, a woman was full, that this woman was full of good works and alms deeds. In other words, she was constantly doing works for the ministry. She was constantly sowing her deeds and her times and her abilities Into the ministry. This was a woman that was after God's own heart with what abilities she had. But look at what happens to her.
1: All right, 37. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died. Whom, whom, when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber.
0: Okay, and they're not talking about an upstairs bedroom. When they say they lay they washed her and they laid her in the upper chamber, it means that they had taken her through the burial process and the chamber an upper chamber was one of the it was one of the higher it was one of the higher shelves in one of the burial tombs is where is where she was they had already buried Tabitha
1: and for as much as li Lyd, lida was nigh to Joppa, so it was close to Joppa and they and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. then when he was come, they brought him to the upper chamber, and all the widows stood by him weeping and sewing and showing the coats and garments which Dorcas made while she was with them.
0: So, so the widows. So
1: she'd been making coats for the she'd been for ma- the for the widows.
0: Yeah, she had been making. This is a woman that was taking care of the widows in the church. She was she was sewing clothes for them and making clothes for them. Listen, for you to be a biblical widow, you had to be over the age of sixty-five. You had to be uh you had to be a woman that uh w- without any family without any resources without any supply of any way and you had to be a woman that was um that, that was about the church you know you were women of, these were women of prayer and and here Tabitha or Dorca um as as they knew her obviously really cared for these widows this this woman Tabitha really did something for you because these women are standing there and they're crying and they're telling peter peter we need her look at what she did look at her fine craftsman they were telling that what they were doing is they were they were pleading they were pleading tabitha's case they were saying we understand she's in the tomb we understand she's been buried we understand that she's moved to heaven but we need her here look at how she takes care of us look at how she clothes us look at how she does it with such beauty look at how she takes care of us. they were pleading tabitha's case and tabitha had been dead at least two, da- two or three days at this point at least two or three days she had been dead what were they doing they were pleading their case this is prayer and healing school one way that you can get healing or even somebody raised from the dead is to plead their case there have been many times that Michael and I have prayed for people that were in dire situations and we have pled their case Uh, we have said father they're tithers they're sowers they help in the church they take care of us they're prayer warriors. They've got children that need them. They and we get—I mean, we get on it and we start thinking of any reason and every reason that we can think of that would that would say God, they qualify for healing. Uh, we need them. There's been times we've prayed for people. I remember when Kathy got stuck on the mountain, and I, I just, I, you know, we hadn't heard from her, and I didn't think too much about it, but at the same time, she just kept coming up, coming up, coming up, and I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't know what the situation is. I did have a word about dehydration. I said, Lord, hydrate your body, and then I went to tell him the Lord. I said, Lord, she's a tither and a giver. I said, but honestly, Lord, I don't even care about her money. She's a prayer warrior. She's an encourager. She's a worshiper she reaches out to our young adults we need her wisdom what was I doing I was pleading her case why because we needed her and thank God God responded thank you Jesus glory to God let's keep reading here
1: All right, verse 40 but Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed and turning to the body said Tabitha arise and she opened her eyes And when she saw Peter, she sat up, and he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows and presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And it came to pass that he tarried many days in Joppa with one Simon, a tanner.
0: Now, I want you to keep in mind, remember, Peter was one of the ones that Jesus took into the room with Jairus' daughter. Remember Peter was there when he dealt with uh, Mary and Martha uh, with Lazarus in the tomb. Peter, what did w- w- was there something special about Peter? The only thing special about Peter is he had Jesus as a living example. Yes. And remember when he w- when they went remember both times Jesus put the women and the men that were crying and wailing. Remember every time Jesus put them out why? He was getting rid of doubt and unbelief. He was getting rid of distraction. He was getting, and that's exactly what he did here. He he listened to them, and then, because these are widows, it says he put them all forth. In other words, Peter handled the women gently, but he said, I hear you. I understand, but now I need you to go over here, <laughs> go over here and then, and then we actually get a we get a really good snapshot of what of what needs to happen. He got them out, and then he kneeled down and prayed. he heard he didn't he didn't just respond out of the cries of the women. He knelt down he began to plead her case and he's and he was listening for the holy ghost how much do you know in this moment because this is the this is probably the first person that Peter's raised from the dead as far as we know how much do you know in that moment Peter's going now lord help thou my unbelief lord yes. i saw jesus do this and, and I guarantee you, he was probably putting the Father God in the remembrance of G- of Jairus's daughter, and he was probably putting Jesus in remembrance of how he was there with Lazarus, and he was pro- you know, and, and he probably said, "Remember, we thought, Lord, remember, we thought Lazarus was just sleeping," and Jesus said, "No, Lazarus is dead." You know, Lord, well here I'm here I'm kneeled down in front of Tabitha, Lord, and she's dead. You know, I need some help. And so he prayed. It doesn't tell us how long he prayed or anything. It just says that he knelt down and he prayed. And turning to the body, said, Tabitha, arise. I believe that he prayed until he heard from Jesus, until he heard from the Holy Ghost. Speak, Tabitha, arise, and she'll get up. I believe he had a knowing on the inside that it'll work. But I want to say this about raising of the dead you can't just raise granny or grandpa or your cat or anything just because you missed them obviously Tabitha had a work to do and so obviously God raised allowed Peter to raise Tabitha because Tabitha was taking care of the widows how much do you know Lazarus was taking care of Martha and Mary and the ministry how much do you know Jairus' daughter, she was a child and she had not yet began to fulfill her purpose. I can't wait to get to heaven to find out who Jairus' daughter is. I bet, I bet you we're going to find out that she was a wonderful prophetess of Jesus, being raised from the dead by him. I can't wait to find out. But he told her, he said, Tabitha, arise. And she opened her eyes. I imagine Peter probably went, okay, that's weird, uh, and that's cool, and I'm glad I'm kneeling, <laughs> probably. And it says, and when she opened her, it says that she opened her eyes and uh, she saw Peter. Uh, when she saw Peter, she sat up, and he gave her his hand and lifted her up, lifted her, up, lifted. In other words, Peter, she she saw Peter and she sat up. And, and Peter had to go, okay, now, Lord, what, now what? And, and so he just reached out his hand.
1: I'm not sure which one of them needed, needed the hand more, him or her.
0: Yeah, I <laughs> don't know. I, I think if I was Peter, I probably would have needed the hand more, to be honest. Lifted her, Lifted her up, and when he had called the saints and the widows, presented her alive. How much, you know, he's in there, he's like, okay, now, Tabitha, we're going to, he's probably thinking, Tabitha, you just came back from the dead. We probably need to take this slow. Um, I don't need the widows following out, falling out because I don't need to raise them. So let me prepare them. Let me get them ready. <laughs> and he presented her. Again, isn't that interesting? He said he presented her. <laughs> in other words, he, said, he probably said, Tabitha, I know you're alive and you're ready to get out of this tomb, uh, but let me go out here and tell them. That you're coming out because I don't need the widows to fall over dead when they see you. (laughs) You know. Um, How cool is that? (laughs) And uh, yay. Um, And it says, and it was known throughout all of Joppa. And many believed the Lord. How much you know raising uh, somebody from the dead will get people saved? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Uh, we're going to look at one more in chapter. Nope, we're going to stop right here for tonight. We're going to stop right here for tonight because uh, we've got almost. Uh, to we've got a lot to cover in fourteen. Uh, we've got let's see, one, two, three, four. About eight more in the book of Acts, but I want to. I want to draw your attention to one other one. I said not stop right here, but we missed one. I kind of just looked over it. Um, remember. And it's not a specific one, but I want you to remember Stephen. Stephen, let's look at chapter Acts chapter 6. I want you to look at Stephen real quick. And let's pick up, the, here They, the, the ministers, the disciples, were having to spend so much time taking care of the people that they weren't getting to study, and it was causing uh, some problems uh, with the anointing and with the flow. And so they said, this isn't good. We need somebody to come alongside and uh, help to take care of the widows and help to take care of the people in the church. And so they, um, they believe. Uh, so let's pick up right here in um, verse 3, and let's find out what they did.
1: Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among you seven men of honest report, Full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom. Whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer. And to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude. And they chose Stephen. A man full of faith. And of the Holy Ghost. And Philip. And Procreas, or Pro. Yeah. Oh, you yeah, got it. That's close enough. <laughs> and Nicanor. And Timon. And Parmecius and Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them.
0: Now I want you to notice that it specifically says Stephen, a man of faith and of the Holy Ghost. But they didn't say that about the other ones. But that was the criteria. So obviously Stephen, even though he had faith and even though he had the Holy Ghost just like the other men, Stephen apparently operated in his faith and in the Holy Ghost probably more than the other men. Um, and let's, let's read on here a little bit. They let, notice it says that they laid their hand on him. In other words, the ministers uh, commissioned them. them. They anointed them and ordained them to take care of the church people so that they could study. But I want to just keep going with Stephen just a little bit more down to verse 8.
1: And the word of God increased. And the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. And Stephen, full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people.
0: Notice it says that Stephen was full of faith and power. Power. He was full. That's another way of saying and the Holy Ghost. Stephen was full. When you get, because this is prayer and healing school, when you get full of uh, faith, when you build your faith and build your faith and build your faith, and you get full of the Holy Ghost, and you continually stay full of the Holy Ghost, then look at what it says. He did great wonders and miracles among the people. What people were he was he around? He was around the widows. He was assigned, to yes, he was around the disciples because they were teaching and he was absorbing every ounce of it, but his assignment was to take care of the widows and the widowers. He was assigned to take care of the elderly. How much do you know the elderly need healing? How much do you know the elderly need creative miracles? How much do you know the elderly need uh, div- need divine miracles to take place? and it says that he did great wonders and miracles. I believe that Stephen prayed for the elderly in the church and the elderly began to have their youth renewed like the eagles. I believe he I believe he would sit down and he would because remember in order to be a widow you had to be completely destitute with no family, no hope, no help. But yet, Stephen was able to do many miracles and signs and wonders around him. I believe Stephen was was used by God to bring hope and healing to the elderly.
1: Amen.
0: Glory to God. So we don't want a lot of times we overlook healings in the Bible because it doesn't specifically say they they're were healed. healed. Uh so You know, one way that you can pray, one way that you can successfully be used by God to get people healed is get prayed up. Get full of the Holy Ghost. Be led by God like Peter and Philip and Stephen. And let God use you. Because the truth is, did it say that the 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 disciples were preaching the word, but it didn't say the disciples were the ones doing the signs, wonders, and miracles? It said that Stephen was the one doing the signs, wonders, and miracles, and he was just a person in the church taking care of the people in the church. So, you know, a lot of times um, we discount ourselves for praying for somebody that needs healing because we don't see ourselves as being able to be used by God. But you can be used by God to get people healed. I'm so excited. We're going to see next week where... um, Peter, or not Peter, uh, Paul got stoned, and uh, he, <laughs> he ended up getting he ended up uh, laying hands on himself and healing him, getting himself healed. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Next healing school, next healing school. <laughs> when we teach next healing school, uh, next Sunday uh, we're still up in the air about how that's going to work because uh, Pastor Mike and I and several of our people are going to actually be gone. Um, out to Branson, or Blowing Rock, Gosh, Blowing Rock, no, let's yeah. not, we just got back, that's a long drive,
1: <laughs> it's pretty there, though. it is
0: pretty, but we just got home, <laughs> and uh, so let's pray, and we'll do our tithes, and our offerings, uh, if you have it for night service, um, you want to pray,
1: nope,
0: okay, you <laughs> got your wallet, give me an envelope, please. Wallet?
1: no, I don't have my wallet, <laughs> give me an
0: envelope, please, I'll give online. Thank you, Father. I'll just make a note online. Thank you, Father. His voice is done for today. He's worth it good. It'll be totally fine by tomorrow. We know it. Amen. Father, we thank you. I'll
1: accept that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, you fill that out. Okay. (laughs) Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love, your mercy, and your kindness. Father, we thank you that you never turn anyone away that needs divine healing. And Father, we thank you that you heard our prayers before service. And Father, we give you all the honor and the glory and the praise. Father, as we prepare to sow a seed tonight, rather it's a tithe, an offering, whatever it is, maybe it's just a seed of hope, uh, as, as a prayer for seed to sow. Father, we thank you that it's sowed by faith. And Father, we just give you all the honor and the glory. We thank you that you'll cause the people to be increased. Satan, take your grubby, nasty hands. Off of the increase, release it and let it go in Jesus' name. Father, we command the angels to go and cause prosperity in every area of life to come. For your word says that you shall supply all of our needs in every area of life according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so, Father, we thank you that the faith command has been given, that the angels are on the task. And that prosperity in every area of life belongs to us. And, Father, we just give you all the glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. You can serve the people.